Hi, I'm Sarah Turnbull, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm Five on the 2020 Network, brought to you by Interact. Canada has welcomed the digital economy like few other countries, but we're still reliant on physical identity documents to access government services or complete high-value transactions. Interact is working to address this gap and make a secure, convenient, and private-enhancing digital ID ecosystem a reality for Canadians. Learn more at newsroom.interact.ca. I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about farming. I don't live on a farm. I've never depended on crops to pay the bills. Yet I know a large amount of Canadians do. And I really, and I mean really, don't know much about canola production. I use it to cook sometimes, and I know it blooms as a pretty yellow flower, but that's kind of it. Over the past few weeks, though, I've seen canola in the news headlines everywhere, and it's flanked by the word crisis. So I invited iPolitics agriculture reporter Kelsey Johnson into the studio to explain to me not only the significance of canola manufacturing in Canada, but why this specific crop and the farmers that grow it are facing uncertain times. Have a listen. Hi, Kels. Hi, Sarah. How are you? It's been a little while. It's been a while indeed. (laughs) I'm so excited to be talking to you about canola. Okay, I love talking about canola. Honestly, I went on a date once, uh, (laughs) talked about canola for like an hour, did not get a second date. So you've all been warned. Shocker. (laughs) You've all been warned I can talk about this forever. We can talk. Okay, so so we'll get get right into it because... um, and the way I'm leaning into this is is we've seen the headlines over the past many weeks about the crisis, the canola crisis in Canada. But I want to start with um, – you wrote an explainer piece on this uh, a few weeks ago, and I thought it was great just because you lay it out on the line, very basic terms to start it off. And you say – so I want you to, to, to answer the first question that you laid out, which is what is canola? So canola is an oil seed. Um, so if you think about it, it looks kind of like – a a little bit bigger than a poppy seed. And it's full of oil and it's grown mostly in Western Canada. It was invented in Canada actually by researchers at the University of Manitoba and uh, the University of, or not the University, the Agriculture Ministry of Canada, AgCan. Um, And basically they wanted to develop a plant that had a lower uricic acid, um, which has been flagged as causing health concerns. Mm. And so they wanted to make a crop that was healthier and had really good yields, so grew a lot and produced a lot and uh, and could be used and turned into many different things. So um, a canola seed has more oil in it than a soybean seed does. And so it's much more efficient to make canola oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need less product uh, to make to a make lot of oil. Of it, and yeah. it's a very profitable crop. It grows right. really well in Western Canada. It's also really pretty. It has a a big yellow flower yes. head. So you see all those beautiful pictures that come right. from Western Canada in the summer of all the canola fields in bloom. So When do we grow canola? Uh, so there, some guys have started seeding a little bit now, but they'll probably wait a little bit, especially since it snowed. Okay. Um, but it, we our crop year in Canada goes July to July. Right. Uh, oh, sorry, the the end of July to the end of July. Okay. Um, seeding generally starts depending on the weather conditions around this time and ends uh, depending on what they're planting. Uh, usually ends around June. Um, okay. They'll start with 
um, hardier crops and then go into go into canola. But um, it's it's widely seeded. It's one of the most popular crops grown. Fifty uh, percent of the canola that's grown in Canada is actually grown in Saskatchewan. So okay, wow. there's a lot of canola that's grown in. It's worth a lot of money. So now that we know a little bit about canola. Um, we, again, I, I've been seeing these headlines everywhere about, you know, there's a big crisis happening. So can you take us back to the beginning? What is this crisis and how did it come about? So, so basically people want to know what is being talked about at the kitchen, kitchen tables and farmhouses across Western Canada. And, and it's this. So in January, uh, China warned the Canadian Food Inspection Agency that they had a apparently found pests in a number of shipments of canola that were sent from Canada to China. So CFIA warned all the companies that had been named by China. That list wasn't made public. Uh, the list still hasn't been made public uh, because of proprietary reasons. Um, but gave all the companies that had been identified by China a heads up and said, look, uh, your your shipments have been flagged. CFIA also retested all the samples that had been sent to China uh, and found no evidence of pests. Like, you have to understand Canada is known for its canola. Really? We are the biggest canola exporter in the world. Our canola, our canola is top quality. Right. Um, and all of the allegations that have been put forward by China right now have been disputed by Canada. And oh. there's also been no other buyer of Canadian canola that, have said that has that. said okay. that there's issues. And uh, notably Japan. And Japan is a very sensitive market and they were here on the weekend and there were no issues raised about right. canola. So anyways, in March, the first week of March, um, China pulled the export permit from Richardson International, which is one of the biggest canola exporters in Canada. They're based uh, in Manitoba. And said that they had found more pests in Richardson samples and therefore Richardson was no longer allowed to export canola seed. Hmm. That's important. Canola seed to China. We also export other canola products. So we right. export meal, which is a BIPOC product from canola. So when you crush the canola seed to yeah. get the oil out of it, you get two products. Oil and meal. Hmm. The oil we use for cooking and and that kind of thing. The meal is used as a feed product. Uh, so they use it as livestock feed, no, huh. mostly for pigs. So no delays have been seen in oil and meal exports, at least to date. Mm -hmm. All the issues have been around canola seed. Okay. So okay. China pulls the export permit from Richardson's. Right. Uh, and says you can't export to us anymore. Richardson's was the first country to send canola to China uh, back in the day. Okay. So this definitely came as a shock to Richardson's. Big, yeah. And China is such a big market for Canadian canola. We send 40% of the canola that we export right. to uh, that we export goes to China. The market last year was worth almost $3 billion. So this is a big So we're talking big year. tonnage and so in terms of a lot of crop and also a lot of money. So a couple weeks later... The Canola Council of Canada came out with a press release and said, uh, FYI, our traders, so the people who are buying yeah. and selling canola, uh, said that China had stopped buying canola seed. They weren't doing any new contracts. So that means that anything that had been uh, shipped to China before China made this, right. this decision... Um, was okay unless it was coming from Richardson's oh. or from Viterra, okay. which is the second Canadian company that had their right. permits pulled. Right. Um, 
but they weren't buying any new product. Hmm. So no new shipments could go. And the line, the argument there is that it's just it's too uncertain. There's too many delays. The traders don't want to deal with that risk. Hmm. So that, of well. course, uh, caused a lot of uh, fear within of the course. farm sector. And yeah. this is all happening in March. Yes, that's and important. That's right? a really yeah. important timeline because in March, uh, farmers are starting to get ready to seed and seeding on the farm is a very interesting time of year. It's very stressful. Because yep. um, there are other conditions and variables at play yeah, as well. Yeah, and, 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 and you don't plan for seeding on, say, a Monday and buy your seed at Canadian Tire on the Tuesday and plant your seed on Wednesday. It's, I mean, That's right. If, you're, if you think about planting your garden, your vegetable garden for the summer, yeah. you put some thought into it. You right. think about what do I want to grow, what didn't grow so well last year, um, what are the conditions, does it look like it's going to be really rainy this summer, is it going to be really dry, what grows better, how expensive are the seeds, like do I want to buy that really expensive fancy carrot <laughs> or do I want to go for the carrot that's on sale? Okay. And, and these are the similar, yes. I mean, to a much bigger scale, but these are the same decisions that farmers are making. And they're looking at the trading environment, and they're looking at the prices, and they're looking at the other uh, crops that they might have. And they also have to think about their crop rotation, which is, mm-hmm. I can't plant canola on top of canola, so I can't plant canola in the same field that I planted canola last year because that'll cause disease. And it's not good for my soil health. Gosh. So a lot of farms are planting on what's called a rotation. So they plant wheat, barley, canola, and they rotate where those crops are planted and how much they field. It's really complicated. This is so complicated. Yeah, it's really complicated. And I hope it makes sense. Well, yeah, no, you've laid it out really Um, nicely. So yeah, so so farmers are like, oh my goodness, I bought all my seed. I've made all that investment. I've got my rotations to think about. And now we're... we're, Now what do I do? Right. And I've got all Um, this crop that's been, that can, that usually would go off to China. Yeah. So, and they're, and they're thinking about storage because we have several trade disputes that are happening. So there's guys who have lentils still sitting in their bins. So they're big storage bins. Yeah. Um, and they've also got last year's canola harvest was really big. Um, it's a harder crop to store since last year because it was so wet and harvest was really hard. So you have to go in and make sure that the air is circulating in the bins and that kind of thing. And you also have, I mean, they're still planning on planting a crop. So if you haven't emptied your canola bin from last year and you have more canola that needs to go in, where am I Where am I going to put this? And they they usually just end up bagging it in fields. So you see these long white bags that yes. sit, but then you run into problems where the deer get into right, them and right, everything right. else. I imagine a majority of canola farmers, like that's their main crop. Most farmers plant more than one crop. Right. So um, there might be guys who... About a third of their farm would be canola yeah. planted. Uh, but generally speaking, farmers are, are pretty smart. So they won't just plant one crop yeah. because if the price falls out, that farm is really in trouble. So they'll – and and keep in mind they have to do rotation. So most most farms are growing t- at, least, at least two, I would say generally three different right. types of crops. And so to go back to um, – this whole issue of uh, yeah, it, it sounds as though there wasn't any from the Canadian perspective scientific proof that there were pests in our crops. So Canadian Food Inspection Agency hasn't found any evidence of pests, um, but they still want to have the scientific discussion with China. So they've asked for 
uh, an explicit list of pests. They've asked for the the methodology for how some, mm. how China tested it, because um, some there you can have different ways of testing. Um, sometimes it's based on how a photograph is interpreted for depending on which wow. pest or whatever you're you're considering. Uh, and so Canada has offered to send a delegation of technical experts that would be led by the president of the CFIA to hmm. Beijing to meet with their counterparts in China and kind of hash out the science. Has China and Canada ever um, come into this sort of disagreement before? Oh, yeah. We've, we've fought about canola before. This is, I mean, okay. but this is different. Uh, this is different. Um we fought it. We fought about canola under the Harper government, and then we fought about canola again in 2016. And at that point, the issue of the day was called dockage. So it was mm. like remnants of stem and that kind of thing that can be in the in the crop when you harvest it. Mm. So generally speaking, if you see a picture on a story of canola seeds with lots of extra bits in it, that's actually not a very good photo of canola <laughs> because you don't want those bits. extra bits. You just you want the, the nice black seeds. You don't even want the green seeds. Like canola yeah. is graded based on how many nice fat, fat round black seeds you have in your crop and you get a better price the cleaner your crop is. Interesting. Um, so in 2016, China threatened to uh, lower the limit for all those bits and pieces, um, which is called dockage. Uh, but they never actually stopped buying, and they didn't pull any export permits from Canadian right. companies. They just threatened to do this, and they argued that it was because of a disease called um, blackleg. Okay, uh, wow. So, which uh, has apparently been listed as one of the potential pests in this, right. uh, this okay. dispute. But what uh, when the prime minister of or the sorry not the prime minister the president of China came for a meeting with uh, Justin Trudeau in 2016, Canada and China signed a memorandum of understanding that was supposed to guarantee canola trade between Canada and China right. until the end of next year, uh, where they agreed to keep the dockage limits where they are. Right. Um, and and keep in mind also, I mean, at the end of last year, at the end of 2018. Uh, International Trade Minister Jim Carr was in China yeah. uh, for a bilateral meeting, and they agreed to double agricultural trade between Canada and China by the end of 2025. So a lot has shifted from the There's end of 2018 a, to, to where we are now. A bit of a new dynamic at play <laughs> It's here. a little bit of dynamic, yes, I, for sure. I went... Um, I know this is this is a very silly question. That's okay. There's no such thing as silly questions. My goodness, the questions I had to ask to write the the story that you're referring to, my canola conundrum. Your canola conundrum. <laughs> um, um, okay, wait. So so um, can we not just send our canola elsewhere? <laughs> okay, so that's a good question, and a lot of people have been asking that question the last couple of weeks. And the short answer is no, uh, because China is such. A big market. Okay. The amount of canola that China buys in terms of canola seed is equivalent to the next three markets combined. Oh, geez. So we're talking a lot of volume, and China generally paid a decent price for it, too. Right. Um, so 
It's yeah. They're they're definitely. I mean, uh, Carr has said that he's looking for alternative markets, and the federal government has struck a working group um, that is made up of provincial government uh, experts as well as industry experts. Richardson's and Viterra are both in that group too. And one of the jobs that they've been told to look at is finding alternative markets. And when Japan was here over the weekend, right. they are one of the next big buyers and. Right. But they're very consistent in the amount of canola that they buy. Yeah. And so I understand based on a CBC article, there was an ask made for Japan to perhaps consider buying a bit more Canadian canola, right. but it doesn't sound like any commitments have been made at this point. Is so, there, yeah. What is the response of the like federal government? Are they planning to help bail farmers out in some way? Is there a pocket of money they can tap into? So there's been one suggestion uh, around cash flow, which is the issue. So cash flow, yeah, think, what, yeah. So, so cash flow is a farm term for... Um, making sure farmers can have the money to to buy and sell things and pay the bills when they need to. So, I I mean, keep in mind, in the spring, farmers have a lot of bills to pay. They have uh, their mortgage payments on their houses. They have their kids' summer registration fees. They have um, all their input costs, so their fertilizer, their seed, their diesel fuel for the tractor, um, the labor, because sometimes farms hire additional people to help with planting, um, so it's a really expensive, and all your property taxes and your land taxes and everything else are due. So there's there's a lot of bills, and farmers operate on a series of loans. So they'll take out loans in the spring, and then when the crop comes off, they'll pay back the loans in the fall. And so there is a program that's run by Agriculture Canada and overseen by the Canadian uh, Canola Growers Association, mm. and it's called the Advanced Payments Program. And it's been in the news a lot the last couple of yeah. weeks. And basically, it's a loan program. So farmers under the program right now are allowed to borrow up to $400,000 a year, of which the first 100000 is interest-free. And it's a very popular far- program amongst farmers. Like on day one, they had something like $16 million go out the door. They had more than 1,200 farmers sign up for cash. Wow. That's higher than normal, which says that there is definitely a cash issue uh, in the prairies. Um, so what has been suggested by the Saskatchewan government is increasing the, the max amount, maximum amount of the mm-hmm. loan to a million dollars, okay, and then making the entire loan interest-free right. until the dispute with China is resolved. Now, upping the limit on the advanced payment program is nothing new. That's been a demand for a while. The, okay. the number before Saskatchewan came forward was 800000 yeah. so they wanted it doubled. So there's been a lot of talk for a while that this program needs to have a bigger loan amount just because yeah. farms are getting bigger and, and their expenses are getting yeah. more. So far, there's been no commitment from the federal government to do that, but Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibo has said that she's definitely considering it and okay. looking at it. And my understanding is that suggestion, suggestion has been raised at um, the meetings of the working group. So okay. it's definitely something that the government is aware of, and it's also something that's been said at the emergency committee meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but farmers will tell you that while they... They think that that's probably a good short-term fix. In the long run, because of the amount of canola that China buys, you can't borrow your way out of this problem. Wow. Uh, and really, the only solution is to regain some market access. But I would not be surprised if playing with the advanced payments program was something right. that 
we're going to hear about that might might come forward. You never know, but right. it's it's definitely been kind of the main ask from industry the last couple of weeks. The um, it, we're, we're, the, this is airing on 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 Wednesday. Um, I have read that uh, there will be some announcements made over the next couple of days, so we'll see. Yeah, so the uh, there's because there's a couple of other things that people want done on this. Um, one is they want the federal government to appoint an ambassador to China. Um, right, because we don't that's have right. one we don't right have now. One after John, John yeah, yeah, John McCallum got got fired. So, so we, we need a replacement. <laughs> so uh, there is an acting ambassador on the ground right now um, who is very widely respected um, within the diplomatic circles and and industry, but. Uh, it, growers have have said repeatedly we would like an, an ambassador appointed, and the conservatives have also said we would like an ambassador appointed. Okay. Uh, the other thing that has been generally um, discussed about widely with, amongst industry and political circles is taking China to the World Trade Organization uh, on this on this issue. Uh, so Canada did this with the United States when they put 232 tariffs on steel yeah. and aluminum. We have fought uh, at the WTO on agriculture before. We yeah. did that with the United States on meat labels. Uh, so, that so that is another option that I understand is being considered, uh, but it takes a little bit of time to figure out whether or not you have a case or not. Right. Uh, the Conservatives uh, asked for that on Monday. So in response... Um, and the conservatives, I should add, have also asked the federal government to pull all the money f that they invest from the Asian Infrastructure Bank uh, in protest, oh, wow. which is like millions of dollars. Okay. Um, I haven't heard anything from industry from, about that. Okay. So in response to this big press conference that Andrew Scheer held on Monday, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was in Cambridge and he said that... Canada will absolutely be doing more on the canola front right. in the I next couple that. of days, yeah, yeah. which is leading people to think that there's going to be an announcement. It also has been um, two months since right. we haven't been able to ship canola. So there it's... there has been – we have been patient, I would say. Lastly, I just want to sum this up because you have been reporting on ag for quite some time. Six now. years. You are an expert on it. <laughs> in Compared to other crises that you've written about, and observed. How does this one compare? This is, you know, you hear from people on, on the ground. How serious is it? I would say that there is no question that this is a very serious situation um, for a number of reasons. Um, one is just the sheer volume uh, that we send to China and how much canola we grow. Um, this is not small numbers. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the other thing is that Canadian grain farmers in particular have been dealing with a growing list of trade issues with other markets. And we are, and the number of countries that we have disputes with on trade, and especially in grain, is getting longer. So we have a dispute with Italy over durum wheat, which is the main ingredient in pasta, which means most durum, like we're not shipping any Durham, really, to Italy. That was a very good market. Vietnam, there's issues with wheat. Peru, there's issues with wheat. Saudi Arabia, there's issues with feed barley. India, there's issues with pulses and lentils. Jeez, China, yeah. there's issues with canola. Yeah, and then you have the uncertainty around the United States. And I'll add to that a trade war that is between China and the U.S., which could very much alter how the markets react. So this and is you have... 
a disease on the livestock side in the hog sector that is wiping out pigs at a very rapid rate. And that's shifting how the feed markets are operating. So how much soybean meal, how much canola meal, how much soybeans and canola do you need? Um, So there's there's a really long list of, of, of stressors that farmers are having to deal with. And on top of that, there's a mental health crisis in the ag sector. Hmm. Um, farmers are in Canada are twice as likely to commit suicide than the average Canadian. And there's been a very in-depth study that's been done by the ag committee the last couple of months about the stressors on the farm. Wow. And so you have, um, you have the stress of trade markets. You have the stress of natural disasters. I mean, look at the flooding that we're having. There were yeah. big grass fli- the grass fires in Saskatchewan last week. Absolutely. Um, and there's just a lot of pressure yeah. being put on Canadian farmers. And, and this is a really big deal. It's, it's a big market and people are scared and they're worried and uh, they're starting to think that this may not be an easy fix. And so that's uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. Well, thanks, Kelson. We needed that. We need that perspective out there more. And and I appreciate your your time and your energy that goes into this. So I know you care a lot. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Cash has been around for thousands of years, but Canadians are increasingly turning to new methods such as mobile wallets and contactless solutions to make everyday payments. No matter what the future of payments holds, Interact will be there to help Canadians transact with confidence across multiple platforms and devices. Learn more at newsroom.interact.ca.